1: to source for exclusive access and insights behind the news here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret news Boyd Matheson on KSL news radio 102.7 FM at 1160 a.m welcome everyone to inside sources I am Boyd Matheson opinion editor of the Deseret news it is great to be with you today as always and we've got 60 minutes to get a whole lot done today as always we appreciate you joining us here on KSL News Radio from 11 to noon, uh, right after Dave and Deb, and before you get to your noon news. And uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover today. And as always, I want to know what's on your mind. So you can do that on our Utah Community Credit Union text line, 57500. Again, 57500, only when it's safe, because safety first, of course. And. Uh, we're going to cover uh, a few things today. One, I want to give you just a little different take in terms of what's going on over in London today. A lot of people are hyperventilating about the tense uh, press conference with uh, um, President Macron from France and President Trump and then uh, with president, uh, Prime Minister Tr- Trudeau from Canada and the president. Uh, I'm going to take a little different angle in terms of what those things really mean, what it's really all about and, and what comes next and how that applies in terms of a leadership uh approach to things and what the president may or may not be doing there. Uh also today we're we're waiting the release of the report from the House Intelligence Committee. Uh the, all of the hearings that we've had up to this point will be put into a report that should be made public uh, in the next hour or two. So we'll be watching that here on KSL News Radio. And we'll break that down in terms of what that means. And then we're going to be joined at 1120 by my good friend from Washington, D.C., James Walner, who will talk about the impeachment proceedings, what comes next, why it matters, and what we should be watching for over the next few days as this moves into a second phase of this. What does it really mean? Is the president right in saying that the Democrats are not doing things appropriately, shouldn't be happening while he's on the other side of the pond, so to speak? Uh, So we'll weigh in with James Walner at 11.20. 11.35, Scott Miller, uh, author of a book and uh, part of the Franklin Covey uh, Group, uh, will talk to us about some leadership principles, and uh, we'll celebrate today. It's the funeral today of Hiram W. Smith, the founder of Franklin Quest, which ultimately merged with the Covey Group to become Franklin Covey. And uh, so we'll talk about some of those principles, some reflections on an extraordinary uh, individual who made a difference in a, a lot of different ways today. So Scott will join us at 1135. And then you don't want to miss this. Set your clock for this one, Uh, 1150. Uh, We're going to be joined by Sammy and Paul Parkinson. They have just published a new book called Unselfish Kids, and it's 40 short stories of kids around the world who are making a difference around the world. And as today is Giving Tuesday, I thought that would be a nice way to round out our program today. So they'll be calling in from New York, uh, joining us at 1150. So make sure you're either in your car listening, you got it pulled up on your computer, or of course you can always uh, download the KSL News Radio app uh, sponsored by Any Hour Services so you don't miss a thing, or you can always go back and listen to the podcast as well. That'll be posted later today. So, again, hope you're having a fantastic day out there. Let's start with uh, the president and his meetings uh, uh, over in London. The NATO summit <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, well underway, a lot of different meetings going on, a lot of different sidebar conversations going on. And as I mentioned before, a lot of people are, are hyperventilating a little bit about uh, how tense uh, the meeting with uh, President Macron was uh, from France and trying to turn that into something that's uh, a big, bad, awful and here's, here's the thing I want everyone to step back and think about today, is we live in a, a very different world. NATO is 70 years old, uh, so it's been around a long time. Uh, I think the president is right in saying that, hey, we, we need to update and change. I think President Macron was right uh, to say it's, it's old, and <laughs> he said it was brain dead, but I don't think it's quite that far, uh, because those things do still matter in the world. So, so here's what we need to start thinking differently. Uh, I believe one of the most important leadership qualities for the 21st century is the ability to understand allies and alliances, allies and alliances. So alliances like NATO uh, are there for a particular reason. They're long-standing. They're there for very specific reasons. Uh, allies come and go. For different reasons. Because in the 21st century, you're going to have people who will be your allies on one particular issue, but you may find yourself competing against them on a host of other things. So, for example, uh, China obviously is an adversary to the United States in many, many ways. So is Russia. But when it comes to dealing with North Korea, the most important allies the United States has. Is Russia and China nothing will ever change in North Korea unless China and Russia are on board in an alliance with the United States and so I don't think anyone needs to hyperventilate today that the press conference uh, with France and, and with President Trump uh, was a little tense that they went back and forth a little bit that they corrected each other on, on different things uh, that's not a big deal No, there's no reason to to get in a knot today uh, about that, because we're going to compete with France on a host of things. One of the things in particular that the president mentioned uh, was France really going after many of our technology companies in terms of taxes. Uh, This is what he said. If anyone's going to take advantage of the American companies, it's going to be us. It's not going to be France. So, again, he's, he's, he's saying, look, we're going to deal with these technology companies, but they're going to they're pay taxes in the United States of America because they're American companies. Uh, they're not going to do that in France. So, again, those are just kind of interesting things where they're going to be allies. Obviously, the, the NATO alliance is a very important thing and continues to be important in, in terms of uh, safety and security around the world. And, it, and it's okay if we have disagreements. It's not about not having disagreements uh, with other countries. That's totally okay. We, we've always had that throughout our history in the United States. Uh, even, even look back to World War II. There's some pretty interesting things that took place there. Churchill was faced with one of those really interesting allies and alliances moments. Uh, there you had, you had Russia, uh, and you had Nazi Germany, and Churchill— had to make some choices, you know. Does he does he tell the Russians that uh, Hitler's about ready to to turn on him and go and form an alliance with them, or does he just let his two enemies duke it out? Churchill made a good choice. He made he chose a different ally, different alliance for a different season, uh, and that's just kind of how it goes nowadays. And so we have to we have to recognize that that it's okay. Uh, we have seen that obviously the the markets have been very uh, up and down today. Uh, most of that, I think, is more relating to the president mentioning that he's not in a big hurry to get a, a trade agreement with China. Uh, and so there was a, a big drop early on in the day in terms of the markets. And we'll continue to see how those rebound as we as we go through on uh, out the afternoon. Still down uh, 361 The Dow is down. Uh, I know a lot of companies had kind of baked that in a little bit. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see if we don't get a little turn here at the end of the day or if there isn't a bit of a bump uh, tomorrow. So we'll continue to watch and monitor that as well. So, again, I just just want to reinforce to everybody to just kind of take a deep breath today as you listen to a lot of the post-game analysis for these early meetings in London as part of the NATO uh, meetings there this week that uh, this is an allies and alliance world. We will have countries that we will compete against on a host of different things. And we have countries, those very same countries will be our allies uh, on other issues. War on terror, everybody's got to come together, regardless of what you're doing on trade, regardless of what you're doing on technology. uh, Those things are all going to continue to just kind of evolve and go. All right, before we step aside, uh, breaking news uh, right now. uh, Reports are coming out that Kamala Harris is set to drop out of the 2020 presidential race. Uh, We'll watch that really closely, see if we can't get some sound on that as we move through the hour. That would be a significant change. Uh, She had a few great moments early on. um, And so she will, uh, again, likely drop out later on today or tomorrow. Uh, She had some magic moments early on. In the race, but could never parlay those uh, into any kind of real momentum. She had little bumps here and there, uh, could not seem to gain traction uh, in a very crowded field. Uh, but this is this is one of the major players stepping out. Uh, most of those who have dropped out to this point have been pretty minor. Uh, players without much ripple, much effect in the dynamic of the race. Uh, this one could be interesting, so we'll continue to monitor and watch that uh, as we continue on through the program today. We're going to go ahead and step aside when we come back. James Walner, the master of the Senate, will join us live from Washington D.C. to give us a preview of what comes next in the impeachment proceedings. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. inside sources. Welcome back, everyone. This is inside sources. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you on a Tuesday today. A lot happening across the pond with President Trump, as we've just discussed. It's all about allies and alliances. No one needs to hyperventilate about anything over there. We're going to have countries that we are aligned with to deal with North Korea or with global terror Uh, And we're going to compete with them in a host of other places. And so uh, it's all about understanding that that's the leadership skill of the 21st century is understanding that it's okay. You compete with people on some things. You're, they're your enemies on uh, some competitions, maybe trade, maybe technology, uh, but they're also going to be critical allies for you in other areas as well. So we'll continue to monitor that. Also, uh, we're standing by uh, Kamala Harris is uh, apparently going to drop out of the presidential race. We'll look at the ramifications of that as we cruise through the hour today. Uh, and then also just a reminder at 1150 uh, today, we'll be uh, talking about a, a great great new book called Unselfish Kids, 40 Stories of Kids Around the World Who Are Making a Difference Around the World. Really exciting on a Giving Tuesday. Uh, But right now we're going to shift gears. We're going to move over to the uh, impeachment proceedings. We're standing by. We're waiting uh, also for the report to come out of the uh, House Intelligence Committee today. And so I thought it would be a good chance for us to check in with our great friend James Walner from Washington, D.C. James, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. For those of you who are uh, new to the program, uh, James is a senior fellow at uh, R Street Institute. He's also an adjunct professor and lecturer in the Department of Government at American University, uh, written a couple of books and uh, is my go to inside source for all things relating to Capitol Hill, particularly the Senate. So uh, so, James, here we are. We're waiting for this report. Uh, to come out uh, from the House Intelligence Committee. It'll be passed on to the uh, Judiciary Committee. Uh, What are you watching for over the next uh, 24 hours here? Well,
4: the report's going to – we expect to see the report today. They're going to vote on it this evening, I believe, send it over to the Judiciary Committee. I I think everybody expects it to be a party-line vote. But what's going to be interesting is whether or not the the Intelligence Committee outlines in, in great detail the the articles of impeachment that they presumably will propose um, or will they leave that up to the Judiciary Committee? Mm. But I think this will be our first chance to see what is the final specific concrete approach that the Democrats are going to take when they try to impeach the president later this month.
1: OK, so so this will really be creating the framing of what the argument is for the articles of impeachment. Is that right?
4: That's right. I mean, Thus far, for those of your uh, listeners who have been paying attention to this, there's not going to be a lot of new information I don't expect coming out of this today. We've, we're very well aware of the witness testimony. Um, I assume many of your listeners have read it have watched the hearing. So they're not going to get a lot of new information there. But they will get – I think if if the articles of impeachment are, are kind of detailed in any way whatsoever in this report, it will give your listeners an indication of where the Democrats are going to go in the Judiciary Committee as they look forward to the next step of this kind of formal process of impeaching the president.
1: Yeah. Now, it also appears that the uh, Republicans are, are sort of positioning to do a little uh, a pre-bottled <laughs> – they're not going to. I don't think they're going to wait until the report comes out. They're starting to make their case. What are you hearing? Uh, what What are the rumblings there on Capitol Hill in terms of the prebuttal coming from the Republicans? Yeah.
4: Well, well, it is. Well, it is Congress. So you know, it's, <laughs> the process itself may be a little bit irrelevant these days. But uh, there's a uh, three uh, Republicans on three, I believe, committees have have put out a report, a hundred plus page report, basically. Not necessarily vindicating the president, but just arguing that the president has done nothing wrong here. And really, I think, showing people the, the the defense that we will come to see in the next couple of weeks in greater detail as Republicans mount a defense of the president um, if the Democrats actually move forward and try to impeach him. Yeah.
1: So so in the next 24 hours, let's say that the uh, the vote, again, likely to happen along party lines in the Intelligence Committee later today. Uh, then it gets tossed over to Chairman Nadler and the judiciary. And what do you expect to see there tomorrow?
4: So... In the Judiciary Committee, tomorrow they're going to have a hearing where they have a bunch of experts from law schools that are going to discuss what constitutes an impeachable offense. And that's an academic discussion that certainly is interesting. I find this kind of thing very interesting. <laughs> I was going to say,
1: you, you but, and me may be the only ones in America watching that tomorrow. <laughs>
4: But I would just underscore for your listeners, at the end of the day, it's only the House of Representatives that gets to decide how and when it's going to use its power to impeach. And if the American people don't like that, then it's up to them to hold their representatives accountable in the next election. And so it's almost irrelevant what uh, a bunch of academics say tomorrow. I mean, it will certainly have an impact, but at the end of the day, it is the members themselves who make this decision and whether or not to impeach is a deliberative Act that can only be decided
1: by the House. By the House, yeah. Okay. Uh, if you're just joining us, we've got James Walner joining us from Washington D.C. We're talking about what really comes next. Uh, kind of trying to break that down so everybody can follow along and uh, understand exactly what happens. You mentioned this idea that it is just up to Congress to do that, uh, and it's up to the American people to hold their elected officials accountable. Uh, many have found it interesting that uh, with all of the impeachment proceedings over the last couple of months, uh, public opinion has not really moved either direction. Is that surprising to you? It's
4: it's not necessarily surprising, but I don't think it gives us a good idea of what can come next. We have Republicans who say the president shouldn't be impeached. We have Democrats who say that he should be impeached. Of course, I think most people would expect that finding. What's interesting to me is that large numbers of Americans are paying attention, Mm. and that is more interesting to me because ultimately you believe that the president should or should not be impeached up until you change your mind. Well, what is necessary to change your mind? You have to be following the debate. And so if you have a lot of people paying attention to this debate as it unfolds in practice, you've already created the conditions whereby you can see, I believe, sudden swings in public opinion if... More information comes out in the coming weeks, if no one was paying attention, it would be a lot more difficult, I think for the Democrats to to try to push public opinion um, with the process in, in their direction yeah uh,
1: so do you think in the uh, in, in those coming weeks obviously uh, it, it appears that we 're going to end up with a uh, kind of a party line statue. are you hearing there w- there was a little break there just before Thanksgiving where you had a few Democrats who were starting to rumble maybe we just ought to do censure. <laughs> is that getting any traction back there? Or is that just a few people in swing districts that are uh, worried about holding onto their seats?
4: Yeah, I mean, that certainly is another option that they can pursue. My guess is that if the Democrats have the votes to impeach, they'll impeach. And if they don't have the votes to impeach, I'm not sure that Censure is necessarily something that the party is going to be wild about going forward. Mm -hmm. With you know, I mean, it is an option they can do, but I'm not sure how different it is um, in the court of public opinion today than the actual vote to impeach.
1: Okay. Um, let me ask you one last thing here, James, before we cut you loose, uh, and that is, you know, I think one of the things that happened during the Clinton uh, tr- uh, impeachment proceedings was that Newt Gingrich kind of miscalculated where the mis- where the American people were. I think he thought they would all jump on board, uh, and President Clinton did a fabulous job of sort of having his own northbound train of focusing on jobs and the economy and so on, uh, and it just never materialized. Uh, are the Democrats? kind of risking that same kind of space especially rolling into a very big presidential election year
4: i I think the case you have a number of democrats who didn't want to move forward with impeachment and it's taken them very long and pelosi i don't believe was very excited about moving forward with this inquiry up until the whistleblower report came out so the democratic party is divided public opinion is divided when you go down this road it can go in in any different direction and and you can't always predict how it's going to turn out. But the Democrats, I mean, the idea that somehow America is clamoring to impeach the president, I don't believe that's accurate right now. And so they need to be careful.
1: Okay. Fantastic. And, and uh, last, we got just uh, under a minute here, James, I want to get one last uh, take from you. Uh, And that is, um, has anything as you, as you've watched this go through, you're a, you're a student of Congress and the Senate uh, has anything really surprised you thus far in uh, in all of these proceedings?
4: Yes, I, it seems to affirm the trends that we've seen for other things not related to impeachment. Basically, the idea is that Congress has tools that it can use that it chooses not to, like the power of the purse. Impeachment, I think, is another one. It's been a lot of uh, liberal Democrats who wanted to impeach, but the rest of the party was saying, look, don't do that. That's a destructive thing. Let's win this next election. And in addition to that you have a weak congress who won't force the administration to comply with its demands for witness testimony and other things and so just like with government funding and a whole host of other policy areas if congress is unwilling to stand up for itself then it's uh, it, it's not surprising that the administration would just ignore it.
1: Right. Fantastic. James always appreciate your insight here on KSL News Radio. Have a great rest of the day. We'll uh, tap into you again real soon. Thanks for having me. All right, again, that's James Wallner from Washington, D.C. We're going to step aside for a bottom of the hour break. You're listening to KSL News Radio Inside Sources. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Stay with us, much more to come. Stay right here on KSL. Inside sources. Inside sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio, one hundred two point seven FM and eleven sixty AM. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you're having a fantastic Tuesday out there. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. As always, I want to know what's on your mind. Shoot us a text on the Utah Community Credit Union text line 57500. Always want to get what your perspective is on things as we have our conversation here on the airwaves. Uh, As we noted just before the break, uh, Kamala Harris is dropping out of the 2020 presidential race. Uh, We'll do a deep dive on that tomorrow, break down what that really means, what the impact will be on other campaigns, who might be able to scoop up. Uh, the support that she was able to garner there through her campaign, also her positioning in terms of a vice presidential candidate, uh, she would be a a great pick in that space as well. So we'll continue to monitor that uh, and go uh, as we move throughout the afternoon here on KSL News Radio. Uh, very pleased to be joined now by Scott Miller. Uh, Scott Miller has been with Franklin Covey uh, for over twenty-three years. Uh, He is the uh, author of uh, the book Everyone Deserves a Great Manager and uh, was so kind to jump on. I know you're traveling today, Scott. Thanks for joining us.
0: Hey, boy, my pleasure. I'm in the Las Vegas airport, so I apologize for the background noise.
1: <laughs> no problem at all. Uh, we appreciate you jumping on last minute. Uh, you know, I'm going to kick right off. Uh, you know, today is the uh, the funeral for uh, Hiram W. Smith, founder of Franklin Quest, which ultimately merged with the the Covey Institute to become Franklin Covey. Uh, you've been with the organization a long time. Uh, so I, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that uh, Hiram represented, some of the things that he established uh, and i actually want to go back to something scott that uh, you said on our program uh, just before thanksgiving uh, you talked about the fact that uh, people don't quit companies uh, they quit leaders uh, you've been with franklin covey for 23 years now uh, what are the principles that are that are keeping you there and what are the things you learned from hiram along the way
0: wow well, i think i think the adage stands i do think people don't quit leaders that care for them that believe in them that, you know, have a vision for your life that perhaps, you know, is greater than you even see. That sums up Hiram Smith. Hiram was the ultimate benefactor, I mean, philanthropist, you know, privately and publicly. He built so many people's confidences, their careers. He just had an unbridled sense of generosity and his wife, Gail, the same. So these are the types of characteristics that great leaders have. They're just constantly outward focused, right? They're they can have gregarious personalities like Hiram did, right? Uh They can be great speakers and writers like Hiram was. But deep down, Hiram just cared about lifting other people up and and giving them knowledge and awareness to tools and principles that make you more effective and more efficient and more productive. And he did that to countless millions across his 75-plus years with us. Yeah,
1: fantastic. Uh, uh, Scott, I'm glad you you brought up uh, Hiram's wife, Gail, uh, they were an extraordinary tag team. I uh, I wrote in my column this morning on uh, uh a scene that I saw. I got to stay down there at the ranch with them. Uh, you know, we stayed up late into the night talking about great principles and how do you make a difference in the world and how do you get that inner peace. Uh, and then the next morning, uh, they had all the grandchildren there. They were doing this cattle drive that they do every year. And, man, it was a master class in leadership. Gail's out there. She's got the warming up the horses, about 20 of them, just, you know, running around in uh, serpentine fashion there. And he's got the kids, you know, getting saddles and bridles and gear and saddling up. And, and it was just extraordinary to watch. But that that willingness and that ability to, to tag team, to, to have uh, important allies, alliances, partners, uh, I think was another thing that uh, Hiram was able to check his ego at the door uh, and he, inv- he invited a lot of extraordinary people into his space.
0: It's so true. But I read your article this morning. It was beautiful. I was with Gail last night um, among thousands of people coming out in St. George to pay tribute to Hiram and to their family. You know, Gail is a force of nature. She's very quiet, very demure, very soft-spoken. Um, as you mentioned, her, um, her horse-riding, corralling skills are not to be <laughs> underestimated. You know, Gail and Hiram have been, you know, very... Um, uh, powerful forces in Utah and around the nation for years, and they're also very humble people, right? I mean, they've mm-hmm. suffered some, you know, great lows in life with the loss of their daughter and granddaughter in right. a tragic car accident. They had a devastating flood at their home about a decade ago. They've had some amazing winds as well, but these are just um, two people that are, you know, humbled in the presence of their Creator. They are live their life lives very mission-driven to give back to. To, to build this amazing company with Stephen Covey and his wife and family and now our chairman Bob Whitman, Hi- Hiram's legacy will be, I think, uh, inspiring to all of us Around a quote that I, um, uh, that I love that he said. He defines character as the ability, boy, to carry out a worthy decision after the emotion of making that decision has passed. Mm. And I think that sums up Hiram's um, inspiration to all of us is, you know, when it comes to, you know, getting married and raising children and making promises and keeping promises and investing in people, we make decisions sometimes. And then that, you know, the joy of making that decision passes and we wane in our commitment. Not Hiram, right? Hiram had lots of public failures, right? And probably more public than most of our failures. He was contrite about them and and I think one of the gifts that Hiram gave us is his relatability. He was real. He That's was right. human. He was flawed. And, uh, and he owned up to it. And he also, in, in the power of his lessons, I think, built a legacy that I'll we never forget. He had a profound impact on the life of myself, my wife, my boys. Like you, we went down to his ranch. We rode cattle and four-wheeled <laughs> and swam. And yeah. just the generosity of of his legacy, will never be lost. Yeah. Also to the countless millions who use the Franklin Planner and Franklin Planning Tool, you know, 30-plus million people.
1: Um, Amazing.
0: It's a life well lived.
1: <laughs> it, it, it absolutely is, and uh, I'm glad you brought up that idea of authenticity. I think that was something that uh, that he grew into uh, as he moved through his life, and as you said, ups and downs and all, uh, but that ability to just keep going uh even when it doesn't look so good or or feel so good, I I, I think his uh, quote that you just shared, Scott, was uh, uh, describing my exercise program. <laughs> you know, very excited when I go to bed that I'm going to get up early and uh, got to have that uh, uh, that real determination, that real character to to follow through after that emotion uh, has passed. Uh, if you're just joining us, we've got Scott Miller on the line from Franklin, Covey. Uh, Great author, extraordinary trainer and speaker. Uh, we're discussing the the legacy of Hiram W. Smith, uh, who passed away on the 18th of November uh, after a, a battle with cancer. Uh, I, I still remember the first time I heard Hiram's voice and his very unique cadence. Uh, it just resonated. His uh, his famous phrase of, there you know, there is no chance, no fate, no destiny that can circumvent, hinder or control the firm resolve of a determined soul. Uh, really, I think, changed so many lives. Uh, as you look at it, Scott, uh, and just we just have a little over a minute left here, um, what what else uh, about Hiram is going to stick out for you as we continue to honor his legacy today? Yeah.
0: You know, I was very in awe of Hiram's faith and his creator. You know, I had a chance to interview Hiram several times on my own radio program for right. the company and on our on leadership series. And Hiram expected to live 25 more years. I interviewed him a year ago, and you know, he had great genes, and he expected to live into 100 and about... Four and a half months ago, he got this diagnosis of pancreatic cancer. It took him pretty much close to the week that he thought it would. When I asked Hiram if he was scared of death, he said, you know what? I'm not. I've had a great life. And then he said, without skipping a beat, he said, I'm so excited to see my daughter and my granddaughter. Who, of course, as you know, were taken in a tragic car accident, gosh, 15-plus years ago. And that just sums up Hiram, a man of extraordinary hard work, commitment, humility, and lived under the grace of God and his creator. And that has had and will always have a profound legacy with me and I think countless millions other, regardless of your faith. He believed he was here for a purpose, mm-hmm. and his mission was to uncover it and live it. And I think um, he gets a check box on all of those.
1: <laughs> all of the above. fantastic Scott Miller, we appreciate you joining us from the airport today. Great perspective. Appreciate your work against uh, Scott's book. Is everyone deserves a great manager? And uh, Scott, we'll have you back real soon to continue this conversation. My pleasure. Thank you, Boyd. All right, again, Scott Miller from Franklin Covey joining us. All right, stay with us. You do not want to miss this last segment. We're going to talk about an extraordinary new book called Unselfish Kids, 40 short stories of children making the world a better place. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Inside Sources. Welcome back everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources on a Tuesday. Great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News, and as most of you know, today is Giving Tuesday. We survived Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Uh, And now it's about giving back and really looking at how do we make a difference. Uh, Well, I was thrilled this morning. I came into my office and there was a book sitting on my desk. I always love it when that happens. Uh, But it was not what I expected. Uh, I opened it up and the book has this young boy on it with this big title says Unselfish Kids. Uh, And this is the story of 40 children making the world a better place, making a difference. And uh, we reached out quickly and uh, really grateful to have Paul Parkinson and Sammy Parkinson on the line with us today. Paul is the president of Weave Media Incorporated. He's also a writer and producer. He uh, produced the movie Nowhere Safe, which is a full-length feature about uh, cyberbullying uh, and Sammy Parkinson. Uh, who happens to be related uh, I think by birth there <laughs> to Paul? Uh, Sammy's taken time off of college to do humanitarian work in Thailand and Fiji uh, and to help collect and write uh, stories of unselfish kids. So Paul and Sammy, thanks to both of you for joining us on inside sources today. Thanks, Boyd. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Wonderful Paul, Let me start with you. What was the what was the spark moment? What was the wow moment uh, for you in uh, deciding to to create this book?
3: Yeah, you know, four years ago, back in 2015, I'd written a book called Unselfish that was 99 stories of people, mostly adults, and my daughter Sammy had just come back. This is back now, a year ago or so. Had come back from some humanitarian trips and had spent time with some children in inner city LA, and mm. she and I started talking and just said, you know, we got to do a book on kids. There's so many kids doing amazing things. So at the time, she was, you know, not in in love with the classes she was taking just that sounds great dad but so for the past year she's spent really most of her time um researching finding reaching out to kids and, and and getting these stories to compile this book
1: oh wonderful so sammy tell us tell us about that process what was it like to uh oh we just lost sammy okay we'll keep going with with she, she's with me she's okay with me. Yeah, I want to see <laughs> okay
2: um... <laughs> So the process was kind of interesting because most of it, like the hardest part of it all, was just getting the permission and trying to find contact information. But as I talked to parents, it was just so amazing to kind of see like how big these kids' hearts are. And um, one example, I actually was talking with one mother, and um, the second I got off the phone, I just started crying so hard because I was so overwhelmed with um, love for these kids that are doing such amazing things.
1: So it was a really awesome opportunity. Oh, that's, that's great. And let's, let's dive into a couple of those stories uh, that maybe were the wow stories for you as you, as you went through, I'm, I'm sure it was no small task to to narrow it down to these 40. Uh, But Sammy, let me, let me start with you on this one. Uh, What is the one story that just really captured the essence of this for you?
2: That's a hard one to answer (laughs) just because there's so many, but, um, I think Ella Tryon, so she's, I believe, the first story in the book. Um, She was actually the first story that I found, and so immediately I connected with her, and um, she's donated 49,000 or over 49,000 crayons to hospitals and has just done so many amazing things. She's also served on the board of, it's called KidBox, and they gave her um, $10,000 worth of clothes, and she ended up handing that out to a family. and. Um, just has done a lot of amazing things. And so mainly for me, that was just a really, my kind of like the big inspiration to yeah. kind of keep going on this
1: project. Oh, that's wonderful. What about for you, Paul? Uh, again, knowing that you had done an original book on just, uh, people in general, mostly adults, uh, what did you learn from these kids in particular?
3: Yeah. I mean, one, one thing that really stood out is as you meet these people. I had an experience. We wanted to have 40 stories and we were kind of nearing, so to speak, a deadline. We wanted to have it come out at Christmas because it just had such a meaningful message. And I was with my wife in in Waco, Texas, of all places, and we're driving out in the countryside, and we go through this little small town called McGregor, Texas. And we're in the town, and my wife says, this town has such a nice feel about it. And I just randomly Googled McGregor, Texas, kindness. And the story of this 14-year-old young boy came up right at the top of the search. His name was Rhett Herring. And I read through the story, and he had a lot in common with one of my own sons, and that just fascinated me. Uh, the, the 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 tragic part was he had passed away in a in a ATV accident. So late that night, I reached out to the parents and just said, "Look, I'm I'm so touched by your story. I offered my condolences." Long story short, we we went and worshipped with them the next day in their church, and the the pastor gave a beautiful message on grace. And they invited us to their home. We saw their son's bedroom, and they took us out to the cafe where, you know, George Bush used to eat, and it was just this amazing experience. I thought, you know, this is what life's all about, to meet these people who, who love their children, who have been through a tragedy, but also who had a son that left this legacy of kindness that was just amazing. So at the last story in the book, the mother actually wrote it, Lorna Herring, and that was one for me that was just so personal, because it was, you know, it was just one of those situations where, it all came together, and I thought, "Wow, this is—you know—it was—it was an amazing moment for my wife
1: and I." Oh, that's fantastic. We we love we love wow moments around here. It's uh, it's what keeps us all going. Uh, if you're just joining us, we've got uh, Paul and Sammy Parkinson uh, on the line. They have put together a book called "Unselfish Kids: uh, Forty Stories of Young People Around the World Who, who Are Just Making a Difference." uh we We sign off the show every day uh by saying "See something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference and we're we 're thrilled to ha- to have you uh on with us today uh, we 've got just a, a minute left here uh sammy i'll i 'll give you the last word because my guess is your dad gets the last <laughs> word a lot still uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you hope people take away uh after reading this book and this is great for young people old people this is the the perfect christmas gift.
2: You know, I think with the Christmas season, um, we tend to think a lot about ourselves, not just us as a society, but um, I just want to let others know that even just doing a small act of kindness, maybe taking cookies to your neighbors or, you know, shoveling an old lady's walkway, um, that just it, it kind of sends um, a spiral, you know, and other people will see that as an example and do that as well. So just get out there and do something small. That's all you really need to do.
1: Wonderful. Thanks to both of you for joining us last minute today here on Inside Sources. Again, the book is Unselfish Kids, Paul Parkinson and Sammy Parkinson, uh, 40 Short Stories of Children Making the World a Better Place. And the visuals are beautiful. It's an easy, easy read, great coffee table book, uh, fabulous photography in there. Uh, so, again, everyone can pick that up. And then more importantly, don't just pick up and read it. Then go do something about it. So, Paul and, and Sammy, thanks for joining us today.
3: Thanks, Boyd. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. All right. Again, that's uh, a, a great book, a great read, especially on uh, Giving Tuesday. Uh, and a reminder to all of us that uh, it is Giving Tuesday. And it is a, a chance to give back, to make a difference. And it's all those little things. Uh, just a, a day can make a difference if you make a difference in your day. And you just got to figure out what that is. Uh, we all have opportunities to, do uh, no matter how busy we are, no matter how sick we may be, no matter how challenging our life may be at any particular moment or how difficult work may be, we all can make a difference. We just have to choose to make a difference. Uh, and that's the the real bottom line to all of this. So I encourage everyone today to make sure you do something. Donate, donate blood, donate, make a financial contribution, do something for your neighbor uh, this is a chance to give back. There are a lot of great things. Uh, Wallet Hub today said that uh, Utah is the one of the most giving uh, states in the country, uh, number one in a host of categories uh, in terms of giving, giving of time, giving of resources. And so let's prove it today. Prove it today. Go out and make a difference in some way. Uh, Because that is the real bottom line. All right, we're going to continue to monitor uh, what's going on. Uh, You've got uh, Kamala Harris dropping out of the presidential race. You also have the impeachment report coming out uh, and a host of other things. So stay tuned to KSL News Radio as always. uh, I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. And as always, make sure as you go out into the world today that you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference.